It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Now more than ever, you need a laptop that can be as adaptable as you are. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Finally, a premium laptop at an affordable price. Starting at just $549, its light, thin design, vibrant touchscreen, powerful processor, and built-in HD camera and mic turns any room in your home into a classroom, office, or study hall. Available in three amazing colors the whole family will love. Visit surface.com slash laptop go for more details. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Going to be joined by co-host Wes Goldberg in just a minute. The Dubs are taking on the Portland Trailblazers tonight in what should be another good one. It's always a good matchup. Even when the Warriors have been bad this year, they've still been able to get some a win against them, I should say. Eric Paschal's played great against them, so we're going to talk about that. And some trade rumors that came out earlier this week. I want to talk about those, maybe shoot some of them down, maybe explain it a little better than it already has been. Uh, that's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. Charles T. Hamilton going to be joined by co-host Wes Goldberg in just a minute, but want to let you know that D'Angelo Russell's not going anywhere. Eric Paschal is playing better, and he's playing a team whose number he's got tonight, so that should be good. And on top of that, Jordan Poole's playing well, too. We're going to talk about all of that, but I need to let you know that D'Angelo Russell's not going anywhere. No matter what these reports are, no matter how intense the Wolves are getting with their pursuit of him, it's not happening, not happening before the trade deadline. Uh, I've been wrong a million times before, and I'm probably jinxing it right now, and he probably will. But until then, I'm sticking with he's not going anywhere. We're going to explain why uh, in just a second. Wes Goldberg going to be joining me in one moment here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But first, when you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education and experience? How will you know you've made the right hire? Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help create your short list of applicants fast. Also add skills to test to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests range from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash locked on. That's Indeed.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first Posting. That's indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions and exclusions may apply. Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. Are you looking for a spring vacation? Follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. 
Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. You get to follow your favorite baseball team to Arizona for Cactus League, 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. Meet the players and get autographs before games. It's such a great experience, guys. It's like summer league in the NBA. You're, you're rubbing shoulders with these guys at the local restaurants and bars. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience for a baseball fan. It's also completely family-friendly. Bringing kids along to spring training, it's a fantastic destination for families. Family-friendly resorts and hotels offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages, from water parks to horseback rides to games and activities. Arizona has tons of stuff for kids to do and see, like wildlife parks, science museums, aquariums, and dude ranches. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That is visitarizona.com slash spring training. Wes, what's up? The Dubs are obviously taking on the Portland Trailblazers tonight, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. But something we neglected, or I neglected to bring up last week, that I definitely wanted to get to was reports of rumors that the T-Wolves are, how'd they put it, upping their, their intensifying their pursuit of D'Angelo Russell. Very vague uh, vocabulary there, but it got some people... Fired up, I guess, uh, wondering yeah. what that actually meant. And I think you and I have touched on this sort of stuff before and just uh, willing to do so again. So I'm going to let you take the floor and I'll, I'll follow you. But but what did you make of these rumors? Well, it makes sense, right? I mean, Minnesota wants to make the playoffs. They're sick of being in the lottery. They don't really view, you know, another another lottery pick as something that they – that's valuable. It's something that they want. They're kind of they're kind of sick of this rebuilding thing. They just took Jarrett Culver in the lottery. They've obviously got Carl Anthony Towns. They they feel like they're ready to take that next step, and yet they've been unable to take that next step. Ryan Saunders, they they hired as their coach, who they believe is not like as young as he is. They believe that they should be able to win with him um, at the helm, and they just haven't really been able to get there. And this season, they've had a lot of injuries and some and some other things happen, but. Uh, the Western Conference seeds seven and eight aren't mm. as competitive as I think we thought they were going to be, and that, and so there there is an opening even still for Minnesota to get there, and obvious, and so I think for them they had targeted D'Angelo Russell over the summer. They put the full court press. They offered every little bit of cash that they could in order to get him, which still came out to be a little bit less, a little bit uh, about ten million dollars less than the max. They just didn't have that the money available to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still really wanted him, and they still really wanted him because um, he's best friends with Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, uh, this, I think the Timberwolves are being pretty smart about trying to get ahead of this situation because obviously they remember what happened with Kevin Garnett, but Kevin Garnett waited until he was 31 years old to eventually seek a trade. Carl Anthony Towns probably won't wait until he's 31 years old if, if their losing ways continue. So get pair him with a, uh, an all-star point guard like D'Angelo Russell who happens to be very close to him, and Certainly, I think he gets a lot happier in Minnesota. Now, what would it take for for uh, the Warriors to accept an offer from Minnesota? Well, nothing that they've offered so far. Exactly. It's just been a non-starter. And I just, you look up and down that roster, I just don't see the what what player or package the the Warriors would want, whether it's, you know, a, a valuable role player like Robert Covington or a young guy like Jarrett Culver or Andrew Wiggins or even a first-round pick or an unprotected first-round pick. None of that, to me, if I'm the Warriors, would get the conversation started, and apparently it hasn't. 
Exactly. I mean, I, I think you nailed it. Uh, I saw some people, you know, immediately, oh, we're getting this and that and blah, blah, blah. None of it's worth it. Here, Here's the starter, Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, okay, you want Carl Anthony Towns to be paired with D'Angelo Russell. So then here's where I go. Robert Covington, Jake Lehman, Jarrett Culver, and a, a handful of unprotected picks. You know, maybe I'm overvaluing D'Angelo Russell, but at this point, the Warriors have the leverage. The Warriors are the ones right. in the driver's seat. So they're the ones able to make the demands. And even that group of players doesn't, you know, Jarrett Culver's been fine so far, but there's no guarantee that he's going to fill any real role for you or anything, be anything more than a role player just because he was a top 10 pick. So I just, I saw the rumors in the whole, they're intensifying their pursuit. What does that actually mean? So they initially offered like Coven, Covington and Jang, and now they're throwing in Layman. You know, it, it's it's all right. kind of wordplay uh, through the media. And I uh, just kind of wanted to break it down a little bit because like you said, I don't think there is much of an offer. And even if they do go with the godfather offer of, you know, Covington, Layman, Culver and a bunch of picks. If I'm the Warriors, I'm still saying, you know what? Come back to me around the draft. And if there's nothing better around then, maybe. There's just zero need for the Warriors to make a deal unless it really, really is a godfather offer. The 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 deal you can't refuse, you know? And there's no reason to think that they're gonna be getting that uh before the trade deadline. And their their deadline, internal deadline with D'Angelo Russell is Three years away at the trade deadline. They're right. in zero hurry to do this. So, I mean, good for no. Minnesota taking I mean, it more serious, but I, I just don't see it happening. It's really well said, too, because the Warriors know that the Timberwolves really, really want D'Angelo Russell. If anything, the closer you get to Carl Anthony Towns's, I guess, inevitable trade request, if we're looking at, at it through that lens, right. the the better their offer is going to be, right? So the Warriors have no reason to rush. They're why trade a guy like D'Angelo Russell right now when you haven't seen him in a proper sample size alongside Steph and Clay? I mean, you always know that the, the Timberwolves want D'Angelo Russell, so there's no reason to make that trade mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, exactly. No reason. And again, uh, the Warriors want to see where their pick lands, and that's just the smart thing to do because if it's number one overall and D'Angelo Russell, that's a lot more attractive than a potential top 10 pick, potential high pick. And D'Angelo Russell, you know, you, you know the value once you actually know the value. So I didn't see. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing, too, we should mention is that the, the Timberwolves did recently trade Jeff Teague to the Hawks. Um, they're starting to make some roster moves. I think they're starting to try to acquire more assets. And this Timberwolves stuff is not going to go away, right? Like, it's going to come back this summer. I'm sure it's going to be a talking point as we get closer to the, the trade deadline in February. Uh, and I, I just don't see the path for a one-on-one trade between the Timberwolves and the Warriors. I just don't see it. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about the Robert Covington thing at nauseum so far, and, and I think our listeners understand where we stand <laughs> with that. And I, I do, and I, it's just not, it's not just my opinion, but it's also an educated guess at what, how the Warriors front office is thinking. I just don't see them willing to trade first round picks and deal with a hard cap for an entire season and just to punt on the D'Angelo Russell experiment mm-hmm. early for a 3-and-D role player like Robert Covington, who um, I don't think helps this team in a meaningful way uh, to get to where they want to go. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. So I think for for these Timberwolves, for, for any deal to send D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves, I do think it would have to be a three-team trade. And yeah. I think that's where 
Warriors fans who are obsessed with the trade machine should probably be going. Uh, what's the three-team trade that facilitates D'Angelo Russell to, to Minnesota and sends those pieces from Minnesota that we've been talking so much about to that third team, and that third team actually sends something of value to the Warriors? That's, I think, the only path to a trade getting done where D'Angelo Russell ends up in Minnesota because, again, I don't think they need a role player. I don't think that the Warriors want more draft picks. I don't think they view the draft picks as something that necessarily is valuable to them. Uh, and I think they're looking for a guy who can help them win championship within the next, you know, two or three years. Yeah, you nailed it with the three-team trade, and it doesn't have to be an official three-team trade. Uh, I think the Rockets were talking about this earlier where it's acquiring pieces that a third team might want. You know, if you're taking on those first-round right. draft picks, okay, well, we can still flip those to this team knowing that they would prefer draft picks for player X and it's all convoluted, and it was, um, I don't know, it was kind of exciting to see the report initially just to see some news, but I don't think it was overly newsworthy, uh, to be honest. But for yeah. now, D'Angelo Russell's here. I think he's going to be sticking around for at least this entire season. And like I said, the deadline isn't three, for another three years, so there's, he could potentially be here that entire time. We'll just have to wait and see. Dubs are taking on the Trailblazers tonight. A team that Eric Paschal has had some, uh, well, his best success against, I guess you could say. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. If you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Warriors is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Warriors fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a locked-on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Warriors fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this locked-on podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked-on advertising success. Once again, the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the mcdonald's way so stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a mcdonald's fry right now did you just stand because if you did then you earned yourself a trip to the mcdonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness west dubs are taking on the trailblazers at the moda center tonight and the trailblazers are i don't know <laughs> they're just how they're so hard to really get a grasp on and maybe it's just time to say they're fine. They're good. Mm -hmm. You know, they're up a three to seven seed every year and that's solid. That's something that should be somewhat celebrated. Uh, like, you know, a team, there are bad teams that would love to be where they are, but the, they've never taken that next step that some people thought they might with Dame and, and CJ and, I don't know why I'm going off on Portland right now because I want to talk about Eric Paschal who had uh, one of his best games, well, his actual best game 
uh, of his career, his short career so far against the Trailblazers. And one of the reasons why he we saw that is because he went, I think, what, three or four from three that game, and the three ball was falling. And something we've seen from him recently as he started to play better, he's not taken many, but on a small sample size, I think he's seven of 18 over his last uh, 10 games or so. So, I mean, that's less than one make a game, but it's starting to fall when he takes them. Uh, do you think we might see like a repeat performance, whether it's from three or just overall from Eric Pascal tonight against Portland? Well, I think you nailed something there with the, the, the three-pointer. I mean, even if he is just making one a game, it opens up so much of what he does. You hear coaches all the time saying of oh, guys, you know, similar to Eric Pascal who like to get to the rim, who, you know, are kind of these tweener fours uh, that even just one three-pointer a game. I mean, we've seen this to another, like to a certain extent with Milwaukee. I mean, Mike Budenholzer is just like, hey, we want Giannis to be taking, you know, mm-hmm. making one three-pointer a game because just that uh, dramatically just opens things up for him for what he really wants to do, which is get to the rim. And for for Pascal, I remember the other night where uh, he hit that three-pointer at the end to send the game to overtime. He it was the only shot he took outside of the paint the entire game, and he made his only three-pointer. And I just think, and he's a gamer, right? Like that's what we know about Eric Pascal. He is a gamer. And I think in the flow of a game, when it gets competitive, he can make that shot, and he's got confidence in that shot. Um, even though he's had to do it, he's like coaches have worked with him on that shot. They've worked on changing his mechanics. They're trying to make it a more uh, stable release. They're trying to work, uh, you know, specifically with his with his core and his lower body to make sure that you know he's got balance taking that shot each and every single time. And I think that that affected him earlier in the season where he was questioning that jumper a little bit more. But the more work you put into it, obviously, the more confident you get in that new shoot, uh, shooting stroke. And I think we're starting to see that over the last few games uh, with, his, with his percentages from beyond the arc increasing. So uh, I don't know if it's going to continue this way. But, again, all he's got to do is make, you know, one mm-hmm. a game. Mm-hmm. You know, he's on, and, you know, go one for three, one for four every game. That's fine. Uh, depending on how many minutes he's seeing, but uh, I I've been impressed with how he's how he's been playing, and he seems to have broken through that rookie wall conversation that we've been having. I think uh, he's put together now four straight games, five straight games of double di- double digit points, and yeah. that's uh, that that's his first such streak since you know that November to December early December stretch where you know he was right in the rookie of the year conversation. Yeah, he's definitely looking back to his you know start of the year self. Uh, definitely the the double digits. I think he had 16 last game, overpowering people in the paint. And the thing with Portland is they don't have, with the moves they've made over the last year or so, with Al Aminu gone and Mo Harkless gone and, you know, the Ariza trade who won't be there until they can't complete that trade till tomorrow, they just don't have a body big enough to really handle him. I mean, unless you're going to put white side on him or something, we've seen size bother him like that, but you can't really do that when you have another big on the floor, so... It's been good to see. I think we've also seen that even though he may be passable at the three at times, that he's a power forward. He's a four, and until that three really becomes a a legitimate weapon, I think we're going to see him getting most of his time at the power forward. Yeah, I think Steve Kerr kind of said it best the other day. He can play the three, he can play the four, but when he plays the four, when he pays, when he plays the four. He is surrounded by floor spacers mm-hmm. more than when he plays the three, and that just helps open up his game a teensy bit more. It opens up, it opens up the lane, it opens up the defense, it helps him do what he wants to do, which is get to the rim. 
and, and I agree with you. I do think that there is a world in which he can be a three. I think defensively he functions better as a three. Um, offensively he functions better as a four. But you're right, until that three-pointer comes along or until he's not playing next to Draymond Green at the four, <laughs> then uh, I, I think you almost have to play him at the four offensively unless you are able to somehow have you know, a power forward and a center on the court who are floor spacers, an Omari Spellman type and somebody else. Mm-hmm. But um, for now, I do think you have to play him at the four based on the construction of this roster probably this year and next year. Yeah. Which is too bad, too, because it limits uh, how much time you really will have him and Draymond on the floor together, which, you know, in that small ball lineup, death lineup, whatever you want to call it, uh, if Eric Paschal can be knocking down threes, him at the four and Draymond at the five, you know, that just athleticism and strength uh, in these compact bodies, you know, instead of, you know, slow-footed seven-footers would be pretty deadly, but until then... Uh, yeah, most of the time at the and floor. That, that's going to be entirely on Pascal mm-hmm. to be able to make that happen too, because it, he's the one that's going to have to get better at three point. Exactly. Right? I mean, the the two of those guys right now are liabilities from a floor spacing standpoint. And I wrote about this a little bit the other day, and I got a lot of comments about, you know, you're forgetting that Draymond Green shot 35 percent from three point oh. range. All he has to do is recover that. I'm like, I'm not forgetting oh. that. I am dismissing that as an anomaly. Thank like, that's you. Never. I think we've seen enough from that three-point stroke. That will never happen again. It just will not. And that's okay. Draymond Green is a phenomenal yeah, yeah. basketball player in so many other ways. But you do have to to find players who complement his limited skill set when he's on the floor. And that is functionally, you know, the the negative about Draymond Green is that it do, he does it, it, his his production relies a lot on who is on the floor with him. And right now, it's just really hard to play Pascal and Green together. Yeah, I that argument about the the seventy three win season where he, you know, shot almost forty percent. It's clearly the anomaly. It's not that hard to figure out. Look at his entire career: one awesome year, the rest right around thirty percent. Uh, before we sign off, we have to just mention Jordan Poole because not only is he just playing better, but he was the spark plug in that game against Orlando. They were down what thirteen nothing, couldn't make a shot. And Steve Kerr puts Jordan Poole in, just kind of taking a swing. And it worked out. Yeah. Jordan Poole, uh, what was it, uh, eight straight points, I think, uh, 11 in the mm-hmm. first quarter. He's looking. 11 points in three minutes. Man, <laughs> he's looking like just kind of what we more of what we thought he would. That was always the problem with his poor performances for me was, okay, we know he's going to have deficiencies uh, defensively, and he might be inefficient but like he couldn't knock down a shot. Now we're starting to see what we kind of thought he was going to be. And uh, it's intriguing, man. It, it really is. Yeah. I think uh, he's really turned his season around and progressed probably more than any Warriors player has this season. He kind of symbolizes exactly what this season has been for the Warriors, where you just start as hot garbage and you progressively try to get better than that. And he has made, again, he has made more improvement than any other Warriors player has over the course of the season. And it's really cool to see um, his teammates are talking about him in glowing terms. He's, and I think Steve Kerr said it really well the other day. He's not only just having a good game here and there. Anybody can get hot for one game, right? But he's stacking games together. He's stacking play, good plays together. He's, he's just kind of stringing these things together. And that's, I think uh, a real reason for optimism and let's face it, like the dude was never going to be the worst shooter in the NBA all the time. Like he just wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. He's too good of a shooter for that to happen. 
and so I think we're just naturally seeing a regression to the mean, but I also think that his stint in the G League, just you know, being able to take a break and, and step away from Golden State for a little while, uh, gave him enough of a breather, gave him enough of a, a self-reflection time, and just quite frankly, just put the ball in his hands in Santa Cruz, let him shoot you know, 20 times a game for th- in 30 minutes, just to sort of you know, shoot his way out of this slump, which is exactly what he needed to do. You always talk to shooters. What gets you out of a slump? It's just more shots yeah. until you just eventually start seeing them fall, and I think that's what happened. Yeah, you're going to shoot your way out of it because you're not going to break a slump by not shooting. You know, it's right. it's scientific. So uh, hopefully this is uh, consistency that he's found is something that will last, and, you know, we won't see him in the G League again. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can look back on his time in the G you League and say, hey, that's what helped. That's what helped him. So if they do have to do it again, Warriors. oh, well, I'm, you know, hopefully it'll work again. Hopefully he's continuing with his consistency. I think day. he's shooting 42% from three over the last – Five games. Um, it's it's exactly what I wanted personally uh, when they got, took him at twenty eight, and uh, we're starting to see it. And I mean, just uh, some nice finishes by around the hoop as well. It's not just the shot. So we're starting to see some flashes as to why he was so intriguing. The passing we've talked about. Uh, so I just wanted to make sure we gave him some props because we definitely uh, mentioned him when he was not playing well. Uh, earlier in the year also. Good call. <laughs> so he'll be playing tonight in Portland uh, against the Trailblazers. We'll see if uh, he can, you know, give us a couple more threes, 50% or something, just a little more consistency, and we'll take it. Uh, Wes, I will talk to you after the game, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.